This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode 708 of the show, episode 14 of 365 brand new episodes for 2021. On the show today, Angela Kristen Taylor, welcome. Thank you so much, Mark. It's great to be here with you. Now, we share something in common. We both live in the South. You live in Atlanta. I live in Houston. Right now, I have a blanket on my legs. You have a heater in your office. We're not supposed to have to have this stuff in the South, right? No, not at all. It's freezing. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. It's like, it's folks, I know if you're up North, you're used to this stuff, but we live down here where we want it to be hot. That's why it's called Hotlanta, right? (laughs) Well, actually, I just recently moved here from Florida and growing up in Florida, I always wanted cold weather. So I'm actually really enjoying this. (laughs) Oh, so the truth comes out now. I was born and raised in Rochester, New York. And in July 1997, after 33 years, I said enough of the blizzards, enough of the snow. You know, once you have like, I think, 12 blizzards in your lifetime, that's plenty. So uh, I have my parents (laughs) live in South Florida. They live an hour south of Orlando. Um, but even they're cold. I think Miami is the only place that's warm in the country, which is really crazy. Um, so I really appreciate you being on the show. Before we get started, why don't you take about 60 seconds, tell the people who you are and what you do. Sure. So um, as you said, I'm Angela Kristen Taylor, and I work uh, with people as an integrative productivity coach. So the the integrative part is that I approach productivity from a an emotional and energetic standpoint. So it's a little different. We're not just focused on setting goals and holding accountable, but we're focused on the reasons why you're not productive in the first place, where that comes from and how it affects all different areas of your life and your business. I love how you say integrative productivity expert, because when I first got in, I'll be completely honest here. When I first got into productivity, I thought it was calendar apps and to-do lists and notes (laughs) app. And, you know, it's funny to laugh now, but now, you know, let's face it. No one goes to Google and says, I want to be more productive. What they go to Google and say, I am overwhelmed. I've got Mm -hmm. so much to do. I don't know how to prioritize. So now I tell people I'm still a productivity guy, but I tell people I help you deal with overwhelm. And they go, I don't have overwhelm. I said, how do you feel about your task? Oh my gosh, it's overwhelming. Well, there you go. We just (laughs) used the word I used. And, but you said a word I love, and we don't talk a lot about it in the world. The word why, you know, Mm -hmm. why we're not productive. Why do we need to get things done? I was just answering some questions on Quora a couple minutes ago before we started the podcast. And someone goes, well, you know, if I'm a morning person, how do I become productive at night? And I said, well, why do you need to be productive at night? Because I get up seven days a week at 5 a.m. And by four o'clock, my day's over because my battery starts to run low. And I just, I love the question, why? Why do you want to do X? Why do you want to be productive in the evening? Why do you want to uh, start this business? And I think we need to talk about the word why because it's such a powerful question. Absolutely agreed, 100%. So when you're dealing with people, um, what do you deal walk them through? Cause do they come to you and say, I want to learn how to use my calendar app or do they, why do they actually seek you out? Usually they're looking to manage their time better and get more accomplished. So they feel like they set themselves these goals and then they can't achieve them. And so that's usually the, the biggest issue that they're having. And then they feel like their lives are filled with chaos. Like I can't achieve my goals because there's this, 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 and this in my life. My whole life is chaos. Everything's a mess and I can't seem to move forward at all. How do I get unstuck? How do I learn to manage my time? 
those are the things that I hear the most. So give us your number one tip when someone comes to you and says, Angela, I am stuck in quicksand or rapidly drying concrete. I, I don't know what to do. I am so overwhelmed. What is the first thing you tell them to do? <laughs> Actually, it's uh, one of the questions that I have in my forums before I even talk to them okay. is tell me about your childhood. That's literally the first wow. question. Yeah. And because they don't understand that this problem goes way back. So when they have all of this overwhelm in their life, it's usually self-induced in some way, shape or form. And this chaos comes from saying yes to so many different things and filling your life with so much stuff. And you realize, and you know, I've, I, I, you have to understand, I did this with me first before I did this with anybody else. So I'm, I'm talking about myself just as much as I talk about clients. Um, but what you realize is that all of the experiences that you had as a child and after that they, they create this feeling of there's something missing. I'm not enough. I can't do this because. Um, it really affects how you see yourself and how you believe others perceive you as well. And those are the reasons why we start collecting all this stuff in our lives and why we try to fill our lives with so much happening instead of trying to just keep things simple and calm and balanced. A lot of times I've realized with my clients that they don't, they've never experienced calm. They've never experienced that in their lives, that childhoods were focused on trying to stay on top of something or avoid something or kind of, um, it just depends on the person and what their childhood experiences were, but they kind of leave childhood with this feeling of, I, 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 I'm not enough some, somehow, some way. And it's that feeling that encourages them to collect all this around them. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people ask me, how did you get into productivity? I wasn't born wanting to be a productivity guy, but I can tell you I was raised in a very structured home. And I think that's why I eventually got into productivity because people go, how do you, why are you so organized? I'm like, this is the way I was raised. I was a single, I was a only child and we had breakfast at the same time. When I came from school, I had to do, you know, do this. I do my chores, I do homework. I had to take bath. I, we had dinner at a certain time. And I think, cause you mentioned childhood, I was raised very structured, but I know a lot of people that were like, Hey, whatever you want to do. And now they're struggling. And the people, now that I think about it, the people who struggle the most probably had chaotic childhoods. People who had mm -hmm. structured households or childhoods are probably don't. And so that's how I, I think that's what gave birth to my productivity. And it's really interesting you brought that up. No one's ever brought that up on the show before. Well, I'm happy to be the first. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's important yeah. because there's a reason why you're overwhelmed. There's a reason why mm -hmm. you're not getting things done. There's a reason why you can't manage time. I mean, I could tell you, here's how you should plan. But mm -hmm. first we have to deal with that baggage. And, you know, I didn't realize when I became a productivity guy that I had to be a part therapist. But I do because yep. a lot of my clients in the first call, they're just going on and 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 on. And I, you know, I had to get the root call. What's let's dig and dig and dig and dig. What is really causing the issue? Because it's not your calendar app. It's not your time management skills. Like you said earlier, it's something much deeper. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I always say that productivity is rooted in emotion. That's yes. 
I, I say that all the time because it's a hundred percent true. And like you said, you know, people, they need to vent out all of these experiences, all of these frustrations, but then they need to understand where it's all coming from. Where, where did you, how did you get this way in the first place? You mentioned your childhood was very structured. My childhood was a combination of structure and chaos. And I didn't know how to um, be a structured person. My mother was extremely structured and I couldn't be like that. That was not my natural state. Right. And I can say that from way back when, but also I went through, you know, my parents were divorced when I was five. There was a massive custody battle. We were kind of back and forth, back and forth. And I was, you know, raising my, um, my little brother on the one hand, who was three and I was, or yeah, he was three. I was six. Right. <laughs> on the other hand, we go to my mom's house and all of a sudden everything was structured and, and put together and organized. And here was somebody telling me what to do and how to be. Whereas at my dad's house, I was completely on my own. So it was very back and forth, very back and forth. Hey there, it's Mark and I will coach you for less than $2 a day. Plus give you access to a group coaching call every single month. For more information, visit MrProductivity.com. Let's talk about dealing with overwhelm because one of the questions I get asked a lot, and this is Mark, what do you do when you're overwhelmed? And I, I feel kind of bad saying this. I don't really experience a lot of overwhelm because I'm, I've learned, especially over the last five or 10 years through following people who are thought leaders in the space that, you know, you, you get rid of as much overwhelm, distraction, toxic people out of your life. And so I don't really, you know, experience overwhelm. I mean, I, I don't say that I'm, I'm not certainly not better than anyone else. I'm not better than you listener or Angela. It's just that I think because I put so many systems in place and I'm so structured that I, I don't get to experience the overwhelm. And I think it's a blessing for me, but how do you handle overwhelm? You know, it could be professional or personal that when it comes in your life, how, how do you handle that? Yeah. So, you know, very much like you, I've learned how to create a life where I don't experience that. And that's just such an important skill to have. But I can tell you that at my absolute busiest thinking in terms of when I should have been overwhelmed, but wasn't because of systems I had in place, um, my husband and I had been together for two years. We had uh, a blended family. He had two kids from a previous marriage. I had two kids from a previous marriage. So we had four kids between the ages of 11 and I think 18 wow. at the time, 17. Yeah. Cause he was still being homeschooled. So 11 and 17, I was homeschooling all four kids, <laughs> managing a household, uh, coaching 40 different clients, teaching wow. three live classes a week, and had just had a baby and was breastfeeding a newborn. Um, oh and on top of that, we have a lot of dietary allergies in the family. So um, different people eating different diets and making I'm all the food out of them from <laughs> Yes, but having the right lifestyle in place, having the right systems in place meant that I was able to do all of that, no problem still have lunch with my husband every single day, still be able to read books and relax and enjoy myself, spend time with the kids 
outside of just homeschooling them and, and really just feel like everything was perfect. Everything was balanced. Like my life was exactly as it should be. And people hear that all the time and they're like, oh my gosh, how did you do all that? But it's, it's really just creating a life that you love and, and feeling like you, you have the time that you need. That is so powerful because I think one of the keys to being productive is happy. If you're not happy, it's really difficult to be productive. And I tell people when they say, well, you know, this and this and this and this is all going on. I'm saying, okay, let's take a step back. What makes you happy? And they go, I don't have time to think about happiness. Uh, yeah, we need to think about happiness because if you're doing things you absolutely hate or you're working for a company you absolutely hate or whatever the case may be, you're never going to be your most productive self. And so I think it's really important that people stop and think about what makes them happy. Don't, don't chase the money. Don't chase the likes and the comments and the views. Find out what makes you happy. Even if you make less money doing it, if you are going to be happy, I think that goes a long way. Sounds like you agree. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So how do you approach happiness? Um, are you intentional about happiness? Are you, uh, you, don't, you don't sound to me like a person that just hopes happiness comes in your life. It sounds to me like you create it. <laughs> Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I remember doing long, long time ago was, um, I was, I was married, uh, to my first husband and I, I met him when I was 18. We were married by the time I was 20. So it was, I was something I, and he was nine years older. So I was very young and I remember being so overwhelmed and so completely, um, emotionally shut down in that relationship. And so I was thinking in terms of, well, if I'm feeling like this now, how do I get myself to feel better? How do I get myself to feel the opposite of this? How can I be happy? And so I started to make a list and I wrote down all the things that brought me joy, little things, pillows that were stuffed with down and candles that smelled really good and a bed that all the bedding was white <laughs> just because that just made me feel good to jump into that bed, you know, and, and have the down pillows and the smell and just all of that. And so I started curating those little things and I didn't have a lot of money back then. So I was just thinking in terms of how can I, if I had an extra $5, I'd go out and buy a candle, you know, or I'd go and buy some incense that I knew I liked something. And so I started like taking this happy list and curating this environment for myself that made me feel better. And then I started listening and um, reading for uh, other things like Dale Carnegie, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just the classics, right? Yes. And trying to understand what does it mean to be happy? How can I create this in my life? And I just started paying attention to what brought me joy versus what took that joy away. So becoming highly self-aware around that experience so that I really learned how to create not just the environment, but the schedule that works for me, the, um, the other little things, you know, just like, like now, if I'm feeling tired or stressed, or I'm feeling like, you know, I'm just kind of worn out today, I'll go, go over to our boat, you know, and, and sit on the boat. It's in a slip. 
on the marina and everywhere I look out, I see lake in the woods. And I know that nature is something that is on my happy list. It brings me joy. So if I can go and sit on the boat and be out in nature, I'm happy. I'm relaxed. So I can instantly get that anytime I need it. I love that. The happy list. Listener, do you have a happy list? Do you have a happy list? No, I was asking the listener if they have a happy list. I mean, you heard heard Angela talk about it, and you probably have a happy list in your head, but why don't you go to write it down, dear listener? Go get a notebook and title it The Happy List and start writing things that make you happy. I mean, that's a big takeaway from this episode right now, so I want to stop for a moment and just give you time, listener, to write it down. Go create your happy list. Write it down, and it's your happy list, not your mom's, not your not your spouse's, not your kids. It's your happy list. So if you get nothing else out of the episode, a lot here already, we're only halfway through it, go create a happy list. I don't have a happy list, Angela. I'm going to have one. I'm going to have a, a collection of my bullet journals say the happy list. Great idea. Um, Thank you. It, you talked about something else really interesting about the little things. And mm-hmm. one of the things I see people struggle with a lot is – They only focus on the big things. Well, those big clients, those big wins are so far and few between, but you have so many little victories and people go, well, what do you mean? What did you wake up this morning? Are you able to listen to this podcast? Are you able to see your phone so you could download the podcast? You have so many little victories. And I think we need to maybe create another list, Angela, and say, here are all the things going well in my life. Because we always tend to go toward the negative. We tend to go toward complaining and toxicity. And like, here's an idea. Why don't we think about all the good things that are going well with our life? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, that's part of curating a positive mindset. You start noticing not just, you know, writing down things that you're grateful for or things that, you know, bring you joy throughout the day, but also noticing and being self-aware around your internal language. How often are you yes. looking in the mirror and saying something positive? How often are you um, driving down the road and thinking of positive things or happy things versus making negative judgments at all the other drivers or the people you see on the side of the road or something, you know, it's just curating that positive mentality of always focusing on what's happy around this experience, what's positive around this experience. And, you know, one of the things uh, that I've also done as part of curating this environment for myself is that I realized that I really love to get words of encouragement. That's something that always makes me feel good. So I realized why wasn't I giving myself words of encouragement? So I started to um, write uh, little things that I would put on my bathroom mirror. And if you don't know, you can use dry erase markers on your mirror and it works just like a dry erase board. (laughs) So so you can write these positive words of encouragement on your mirror and I would change them up every week or so. And so that's something that's really great. Also, those... um, little things that you can get that are like, um, my son just sent me this one says, I can't say I love you enough. So this is your reminder. Oh, okay. Like little quotes. Yes. And so I have those little things like that little wooden blocks or, uh, the decals that go on your wall or something, you know, with positive words of encouragement. I have those everywhere. And I love that because it, it fills my house with this feeling of happiness and positivity and support and encouragement. And that's a huge help that you wouldn't even think it is, 
but it totally is. One of the benefits of being a subscriber to my email newsletter is you get access to free weekly training from me. To sign up for my email newsletter, just go to mrproductivity.com. You know, that is so important, you know, the internal dialogue, because when I see people, because I'm naturally positive, okay, when people, like, we're, we're going through this election thing and what happened in the Capitol and all this other stuff, people go, oh, man, Biden's taking over. Oh, man, the world's over. I'm like, listen, the sun's shining. You're awake today. Let's think about the positive thing. That's why I, I stay away from the news. I stay away from toxic people. But more so than that, you're internal dialogue when you're driving down the road and that guy cuts you off you immediately think what a moron what a jerk he's selfish but maybe his wife got taken to the emergency room because she Mm -hmm. she had uh she uh, fainted at work you assume that he was out to get you he was he looked from your car and he wanted to pull in front of your car just to irritate you or maybe he wasn't even thinking about it he's thinking about getting the emergency room and, or when people, they get up, we get, get a little older. Like I'm 55 years young, right? I feel like I'm 40. So when I wake up, I don't go, Oh, I wake up. I just get up out of bed. Okay. If you start going, Oh, I'm in pain. Oh, I, this and all that. Well, then you're going to start going, well, I'm not going to go running. I'm not going to go for a walk. I'm not going to go to work today. Cause I don't feel good. But I'm not saying that if you think positive thoughts, you're all your aches and pains are going to go away. But I'm telling you that if you always think negative thoughts, then your brain's going to go, okay, well, we're worthless. You know, we've got a lot of pain. We're going to die tomorrow. You know, what do you want? What world do you want to live in? I, for me, and I know for you, Angela, we want to live in a world of positivity, not negativity. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And, and it totally affects your productivity. Oh, absolutely. Because if you're not, if you're not in the right frame of mind, then you're not doing those. Other, that's why I say productivity is rooted in emotion because the emotion is what determines everything else. And after emotion, that's what's going to affect your energy levels. So your your desire to get up and do that morning exercise, right? Or um, how you decide to feed your body that day. They're all going to be choices that are based on your emotional state, right? And so then that determines how well you're sleeping, how much you're moving your body, how much nutrition you're actually giving your body. And then that then turns into how you're managing your time, how you're organizing your life. And then that turns into how you're managing your focus. What are you focused on? That, that's the four elements of productivity, it's emotion, energy, time, and focus. That's yeah, it. It's all related. <laughs> it's all related. I mean, I, I'm a 5 a.m. I get up seven days a week at 5 a.m., nine o'clock at night, um, unconscious to the world. And people yeah. go, how do you do that? Well, the first day was kind of hard. And every day got easier. I read a book. uh, Robin Sharma wrote a terrific book called The 5 a.m. Club. And he says, Mm -hmm. to establish a habit, it takes 66 days. It's hard for the first 22. It's messy for the middle 22. And then the last 22, you're like, okay, now I'm like, I I can't not get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. And yes, I get up at 5 o'clock morning, seven days a week, holidays, Sundays, every day. It's part of my routine. But it started with day one. So if you, listener, you want to start being more positive, well, that next time you talk to someone that you're normally negative with flip it and start being positive you start building being more positive you can't become you know go from mr mrs negative negativity to mrs positivity overnight but you can do it with the next interaction slow because when you do it slow then it's going to establish if you just go all in like we all go to the gym like the first week after january 1st and then we get burned out we quit okay (laughs) we don't want you to do that we want you to get momentum going so it never stops 
Absolutely. And, you know, that's an important part of, you know, when I when I'm talking about kind of managing your emotional state or curating an environment that creates the emotional state that you want to have, it, that's that's where all of this goes. Right. That's where all of this goes. That's how you start being more positive. If you look at your surroundings and everything's a mess, everything's a disaster, you're, you know, you got laundry piled up and your closet's disorganized and you get into your car and there's fast food boxes on the floor and, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. It's like, you know, you're, you're, you don't have anything in your life set up to create happiness around you. You don't. It's going to be really difficult because you're fighting a losing battle. Yes. So if you start curating the environment and then curate your mindset, then you're setting yourself up to succeed in being happy. Then you're setting yourself up to succeed in being productive. It's like, how can you be productive when you don't know where anything is and everything's a disorganized mess? You can't be. (laughs) You've got to set yourself up for success if you want to get to where you want to go. Absolutely. Gold, pure gold you gave us on the podcast today. Now, before we wrap up, I want to do something I call mic swap. So I'm going to let you be a host of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Ask me one or two questions. You don't have to say the name Stucheski. And she's going, phew, good. I don't have to do that. Um, and don't ask me for my credit card or social security number. But you don't have to ask me a question about productivity. You can. Completely up to you. So you are the host, Angela. Okay. So I can say Stucheski, I think. <laughs> Nobody's right. ever made the attempt at that. Very good for you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, all right. So, you know what I'd like to know personally is uh, you had said before earlier in the show that uh, you led a very structured childhood and that your very structured childhood led you into showing, sharing with others how to be productive because it was something that came naturally for you, right? So what was the thing that tipped you off that you were different from all these other people who were not productive and structured? I think it was when I started, you know, after high school, you know, I started going on my own and I, I go to other people's apartments and houses and, you know, they're, they're so discombobulated. I love that word discombobulated. Uh, you know, they have papers everywhere and they, they can't find their keys. They can't find their glasses. And I'm like, you know, at my house, keys went one place. Mom's purse went in the back of the door. Coats went in the closet. So you know where it was. And when I, and I, and I, because I thought it was a sheltered life because I thought everyone was raised this way. And I was shocked that most people are not. I walk into people's house. And I'm like, you know, even people's houses that are like no clutter on it, they still can't find themselves because they didn't have a dedicated place to put things. And I think that was a light bulb because I'm like, why wasn't everybody raised the way I was? Why? How do we? How did your mom and dad raise you to like just throw things anywhere? And I even have a trouble with this right now in my own my own household. My wife, you know, I'm Mister Productivity. I joke that she's Mrs. Anti Productivity. She goes, "Where are my keys?" Well, if you put them where they're supposed to be when you come home, they would always be there. And of course she comes home and she puts them on the table or she puts them on the counter. And and I'm like, How? I don't know where you put your keys. I didn't, I didn't have them last. And so I think that was a tipping point when I started seeing everybody else. It's like, I just thought literally everybody, I thought all kids were raised the same way. That's how naive. I yeah. Was. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. All right. So when is a time that you can describe where you were at a point where you felt like, 
this is this productivity thing is uh, is a problem right now. When when has productivity ever been a problem for you? You mean personally? Yeah. For me, it's when I'm working with other people and they're disorganized. That really causes me frustration and overwhelm. Uh, I remember when I, I got fired from corporate America back in July, 2005, but we'd go to meetings and they say the meetings would be 10 to 11 and mm. people wander in from 10 to 10, 20. And then they go around the room and they do something everybody. I already know what I work with. Why do they introduce everybody? And then they're so yeah. disorganized. And, and then it would cause me to be unproductive the rest of the day because as a product productive person, I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, I would have run that meeting so much differently. What a waste of time. We didn't yeah. cover anything. Now I've lost three hours because I had to go to the meeting and then we had a hobnob because the coffee mm. and drinks and donuts and all that stuff. And then we had a meeting and I lost three hours. Now I'm mad about that. I'm mad about my waste of time. And it's like, oh, it yeah. just frustrated me. And so that's why I'm passionate to help people to let's get rid of the clutter. Let's get rid of all yeah. the discombobulation. Let's focus on what needs to get done. Yeah, no, that's great because it, it's really important that people see the connection between inefficiencies and their frustrations and then how that affects their productivity through the day, that the inefficiencies that you were witnessing were creating this negative emotional state for you. Yep. And then that negative emotional state would affect your productivity throughout the day until you could reset yourself. Yes. And often it yeah. wasn't until the next day because yeah, it was absolutely. an early morning meeting because now I go back to work and I'm already behind the eight ball and I got to do, I got to do eight hours with the work in five hours. And so, yeah, it usually took a whole next day before I could like, okay, I'm reset, go home, you know, watch some TV, yeah. hang out with the family and then I can mm -hmm. reset. So uh, anybody who's a leader listening to this the podcast, keep that in mind when you have a disorganized workplace or disorganized meeting that affects your employees in more ways than you can ever, ever imagine. It absolutely does. hundred percent. Yeah. That's something that I've worked with a lot of people on is helping them understand how to create that environment for their employees as well. Because you, it, it's the same thing that we said about having an organized space, having an organized car, setting yourself up for success. It's the same thing in a, in a work environment. You have absolutely. to set yourself up for success, set your employees up for success. Absolutely. Well, you gave us a lot to think about on the show today. I'm so grateful that you're on the show. Where can we go to find out more about you and what you do? Sure. ProductiveSouls.org. I love it's that. ProductiveSouls.org. Wow. Very. I, I love guests who just say, boom, here it is. That's that <laughs> mic drop. It's that's it. So because you get too much information to people, they just, they don't hear everything. So ProductiveSouls.org. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. okay. Just want to make, I, then the word net flies in my head. No, she didn't say net. So Angel, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, for sharing your wealth information. I know I got something out of it. Number one, the happy list. I'm going to create a collection in my bullet journal called the happy list. And I'm going to start writing awesome. things that make me happy because that I, I learned from every guest, by the way. And I really appreciate that. So thank you again for being on the show. Well, thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me here. Hey, 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 don't leave this episode yet. I have a very important announcement for you. I want you to go to MrProductivity.com right now and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely for free. It's my gift to you. And while you're at MrProductivity.com, I want you to click on the tab that talks about my digital 
Productivity Coaching Program. I call it DPC. This program is incredible, and I'm super excited about it because, one, via a dedicated app, you get daily, yes, daily coaching and accountability prompts from me and the ability to ask me questions, short questions in the app. You get a live group coaching call every single, well, month with me. Third, you get access to a DPC members only community online and it's not a Facebook group. And fourth, you get replays of all the group coaching calls and my Saturday morning trainings. Now, my Saturday morning trainings are free, but there's no replay. But DPC members get access to the training to the replays part of their membership. Now, what's this cost you? You may think thousands of dollars. No, it's $49 a month. That's less than $2 a day. So check out the digital productivity coaching program and grab the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs at my website, mrproductivity.com.